does everybody want Frank Gehry architecture? Do, do we want houses to look like this? Every other house to be kind of these morphic, strange, odd buildings that leak and have problems? Uh, or <laughs> I, I mean, know that. or does somebody want to live in a nice little cottage house with a nice white picket fence in the front? It's a water feature. <laughs> it's a water feature. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Welcome to the Archispeak Podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 46 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. In this episode, we are really excited to welcome our first sponsor, WallProtects. We'll talk about them more later in the show, but first up, we have some follow-up and then some friends of the show to announce. All right, so I have to share with everybody that we got our 50th review on iTunes, and our friend Nicholas Renard was number 50, and uh, I just wanted to give him a shout-out because Nicholas Renard, let me tell you about this guy, he wants me to say his name three times, and how many times have I said it so far? Uh, once, twice, twice, twice. twice. Say it one more time. Did no, I no, no. Don't give him the satisfaction. <laughs> and he didn't even give us five bucks for this one. So no, no. <laughs> he didn't pay. He didn't pay. You know so no. He. Sh- well, what was the last time? It was this. It was the final score of his uh, his team beating down your team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to go there right now. Okay. Well, let me tell you what Nick Renard did. He has listened to every chat we've had, some multiple times, and he continually looks forward to the next casual conversation on all things architecture. So, Nick Renard, that was number four. You're the man. Thank you very much for pushing us over 50 reviews, and we really appreciate all of your iTunes reviews, everybody who listens, because it really helps the show out, it gets the word out, and... uh, like uh, we've been going back and forth with the Entree Architect the past few weeks over reviews because his show is well-reviewed as well. Um, it really does help out the whole architectural podcast endeavor that we're all a part of. And so we really thank our listeners who have written reviews. And if you haven't written one, if you would, that would be awesome. Just go over to iTunes on the store and look up the Speak podcast, and you can write a review there. Um, and so next... We've got two friends of the show to announce, and the first one is Eduardo Colon, who donated $8, and he has been a longtime listener to the show, and so thank you very much, Eduardo. And then the second new friend of the show is Andrew Jinks, and uh, Cormac, I think you know this guy. Don't know. Right? Don't know him at all. Don't know him at all. Don't recognize his name. Don't know who he is. Forget I said it. He says in episode three at the one hour mark, or maybe it was the one minute mark. 103 mark, he said. You mentioned that you were working on a comic with a coworker. How's that going? Have you completed the drawing work? I know from episode 16, you're not a fan of procrastinators, so I assume you're done. I bet your co-creator had an awesome story. In fact, I mean... He does have a great story, worth at least tens, maybe even 100 issues. <laughs> yeah, it was more like 10. <laughs> and So you're going low. <laughs> and since it was in podcast uh, episode three. And that was, was like a, a long time ago. And he was a co-worker since he's no longer a co-worker. I, All uh, bets are off. I refuse to answer and dignify his statements with procrastination. 
because I resemble every bit of that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, trust I me. think all of our listeners would love to see this happen. So, what do we have to do? <laughs> we uh, have to we have to create, take on your work for you. Create time for me. Manage projects. Yes, could you come up with an anti sleeping medication? Yes, something time machine. And uh, and funny enough, we <laughs> uh, about to step into it again with him. But um, funny enough, we're actually. Uh, chatting about another um series of comic stories well you got to do the first one you haven't even done the first one (laughs) nice that shut him up (laughs) anyway what what's the topic for tonight (laughs) moving on all right so that is it for the new friends of the show we appreciate you guys thanks andrew thanks eduardo and if you would like to have your name read on the Arcus Peak Podcast for becoming a friend of the show. Donate at least $5 at arcuspeakpodcast.com slash donate. We really appreciate all of the donations because they really do help keep the show going and there's a lot of stuff that goes into making this happen. So head over there right now and donate. We would really appreciate it. Wait, I do have one real quick question. Didn't he put his phone number on the donation? (laughs) I'd like to provide that for everybody to call him and tell him to get off my back. (laughs) <laughs> okay go ahead Kidding. you can be the one to say it <laughs> no actually we only ask if we can say their name on the podcast didn't say anything in that checkbox about providing their phone number or their email address all right so let's get into this here what are we talking about tonight cormac oh we're talking about something that is uh blown up the internet um quite a quite amazingly over the past week um, has probably infuriated or excited. Um, It's all into the interpretation. Don't keep us in suspense. Go ahead and read the quote. Let me tell you one thing. In this world we are living in, 98% of everything that is built and designed today is pure shit. There's no sense of design, no respect for humanity or for anything else. They are damn buildings, and that's it. Once in a while, however, there is a small group of people who does something special. Very few. But good God, leave us alone. We are dedicated to our work. I don't ask for work. I don't have a publicist. I am not waiting for anyone to call me. I work with clients who respect the art of architecture. Therefore, please don't ask as stupid a question as that one. So... That quote comes from our pal, <laughs> Mr. Frank Owen Geary, Mr. Fogg. And um, what was the question that got him all uh, frustrated and irate? Well, the question was, how do you answer those who accuse you of practicing showy architecture? And if any of our listeners haven't heard or seen any of the articles, his immediate Which is response- none of you. which is uh his immediate response to that question was to flip him the bird and then there was the awkward pause and silence where everybody was trying to figure out okay well we just got his response what do we do now um and then he you know uh, before they asked the the question he um he went on to you know basically state the quote that i just said and um, so then as everybody started posting it, resharing it, relinking it and posting it on Facebook or Instagram and everywhere else, uh, it just took off like wildflower fire. And um, it I uh, love those wildflowers. It, it is. It took <laughs> off like wildflower. Yes, it was quite rosy in some of the responses that uh, he got. And, um, you know, so I, I want to. I want to first ask you two, what was your first, first visceral reaction to both the, you know, how it was presented, photograph, whatever, um, how, what did, what did it make you feel like before you started analyze the overall, um, articles and then read more articles and stuff like that? What did it make you feel? Uh, I was, (laughs) I saw it and I thought this is going to be good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And then once I, once I read it, I mean, it didn't really affect me. I've seen a lot of people who are 
upset about you know why don't you start reading the comments it's pretty pretty amazing how upsetting it was for a lot of people but i thought go go you go frank that's what i thought that was my first reaction i thought i got a man crush on frank (laughs) neil um i don't know it it probably a little bit like evan um it didn't really bother me Uh, other than i guess my first reaction was it seemed like something that was um kind of an instantaneous response that wasn't really well thought of somebody who's probably just like, I really don't want to deal with you. And this is my, my, this is my blatant first response with the, with like no filter. Right. And, um, and so I, I, I don't know. It, it, um, I, I wasn't really sure what to think. I, I, I guess really my first reaction was this is, this is going to blow up in his face and everybody else's. And that's sort of what has happened. Everybody's everybody has an opinion about it. And I really, I don't really care. Um, you know, Frank Geary does the types of buildings he does and they're architecturally interesting and, um, they create conversation for sure. And, And a lot of people like them. Some people don't, I really don't have a very strong opinion one way or the other. It's not what I would do. I don't really understand his buildings. They don't really speak to me. Um, but that's just, you know, me personally. So, you know, that was kind of my first reaction though was, Oh boy. Um, and then of course he's now, you know, sometime after, right afterwards, I guess he's come out and apologized and, well, it was, you know, it was within the same um, interview. I mean, he, he literally, you know, within probably five or less minutes um, from making that statement, he was asked a couple of um, questions and he's like, look, you know, I'm, you know, he, he, he basically apologized. He said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm cranky. Right. I'm jet lagged. You know, you got to cut me a little bit of slack. I'm 85. Um, I'm 85. Yeah. I'm 85. I'm tired of yelling at people to get off my lawn. Get off my draft. Um, you know, you know, I, I had, I, I honestly had two reactions and I think one of the reactions wasn't necessarily directed more towards him. It was directed as how his comments were perceived by virtually everybody who wrote about it. Um, and then the other one was, you know what, you know, you, you are sought after. You're not, you know, um, it, as part of his comment was, is like, you know, people come to me for what I give them. And, you know, so I don't have to go out and market. I don't have to do all of this stuff. You know, I, I don't, you know, so I, I can essentially do what I want and, and people want that. Um, you know, I was, Look, I've been enamored with his work for decades now. Um, and I, I think I had a greater appreciation before I, uh, you know, really fulfilled my architectural education. And slowly but surely, you know, I've kind of fallen out of love with, you know, his work. And and I think as an object, you know, if, if dare I say the showy architecture, um, I I really appreciate it from that standpoint, but I have been in some of his buildings and as a two things, you know, tectonically, I think there's a lot of problems with some of them. You know, um, when you look at them in a picture, you know, it's almost like the models, um, you know, for a lingerie ad or something, you know, they look great, but they were Photoshopped, you know, to the hilt. And in a lot of cases, they really are because when you get closer and closer and you see that, you know, Hmm, I wonder why these two corn, you know, this, what should be a corner doesn't close up. It's because either shoddy workmanship or bad detailing, whatever. Or, you know, you look at it and it's like, you know, that wall would be great to hang a painting on because of the light and everything else. But since it's a, um, a, a warped plane that's going in all different directions, it's really not suited for what its intended purpose is. So, you know, those are just some personal opinions. And, and I don't really think that, you know, um, what we feel of the, about their design, you know, is really kind of the point. 
what really kind of chapped me on all of this was, you know, I stated this in several, you know, postings and, you know, chats that I had with other architects and, and, you know, architectural professionals, designers, and everybody else is he's become, and he may not want to be, but he has become the de facto mouthpiece of the entire profession. And with that, I personally think, you know, again, whether he likes it or not, or wants it or not, um, he's, he's got some sense of response. He should have some sense of responsibility to profession and to basically lump everybody else's work except for him and his ilk into, um, that 98% of shit architecture, um, kind of pissed, you know, the way it was written and the way it was presented by people like Gizmodo and, and, um, everybody else was, you know, that basically he, um, you know, he has zero to no respect for the rest of the profession. And I think that's what set most people off. It may, it probably is not, you know, true, but there is some truth to what he's saying about, you know, the quality of the architecture and the quality or the lack of inspiration. But, you know, I think there's, you know, it just really felt like, you know, just a quick and just crotchety attack on architecture. <laughs> well, it could be exactly how he feels. I mean, right. I mean, it, it could be based on years and years of opinion. I'm, I'm sure oh, it is if well, it comes out that fast. Is. So, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, you're look. there are different perspectives to look at this. And I think what you're, you're talking about is kind of from a, a marketing of architecture perspective, right? Towards people who hire architects could, could, um, could see what he's saying and say, Oh really? I mean, is this, is this really what's happening in, in the world of architecture? Should I, should I do a project with people who do crappy projects or, yeah. But at the same time, I kind of take this as like, uh, you're, he's challenging the status quo, right? Yes. And, and that's where I start to split my two minds. Of yeah. The way that was presented was one way. The way it should be taken is a completely different way. And they are exactly right. You know, this should be a call to arms for, all designers and architects and everybody else to basically say, yeah, Frank, if that's what you think about us, this is what we can do. And, you know, raise up your, you know, the quality of design, raise up, you know, um, and it's so many things. It's yeah. such oh, a yeah. complicated <laughs> problem, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Well, Cormac, I have a question for you then. Does everybody want Frank Geary architecture? Does everybody want to live in Frank Gehry architecture? Do we want to have that on, uh, you know, now he does public buildings. So, I, but I'm, I'm taking it. If, if we're going to go ahead and include the 98% of everything else now, I, I'm going to assume it's everything else, not just say public buildings or something, but do, do, do we want houses to look like this? Every other house to be kind of these morphic, strange, odd buildings that leak and, have problems uh, or <laughs> I mean, know that. or does somebody want to live in a nice little cottage house with a nice white picket fence in the front? It's a water feature. <laughs> it's a water feature. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. But, but I mean, you see where I'm going with this. Do you think, oh, I, don't think he's, about... I don't think he's saying that the 2% is his stuff alone. I don't think he's saying that. Well, you know, I mean, but, but that 2%, if and if you read the multitude of other um other people who've grabbed on to this um you know this this little lightning in a bottle of of geary flipping everybody off um you know he wasn't you know here's the funny thing it was taken purely out of context in um nine tenths of the write-ups was is look at him he's given you know the uh, profession the bird no he wasn't he was given the guy who said you know what do you the say same thing people? that he's heard a million times yeah it's yeah. just like oh you're just doing showy architecture and oh my god you know it doesn't I mean, mean anything yeah exactly exactly yeah you know or you know some of the comments that i may make of like you know it sort of they all sort of look the same you know and so isn't it just a a similar response to different programs 
kind of thing. And then, of course, you know, I've been yeah, but a lot of architects do that. <laughs> oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's the thing. I mean, I see this and, and there's so many comments that are saying, I can't believe this. You know, this guy needs to be put in a home, basically. And it's like, how many I bet you you're, you're guilty of saying the exact same things. How many buildings do you look at a week and roll your eyes at and say, oh, my God, like we are surrounded by 98 percent of total crap we really i mean that's the town i live in i don't know about the town you live in but yours is probably a little better because you're in a metropolitan area but i mean in la i mean there is a rich fabric here and it wouldn't be la without it but if you look at on this kind of a level of a of an observation it is 98 percent crap it really is yeah yeah i mean you know it's funny because uh, you know, I was talking to a guy in the office and he was looking at, you know, kind of my portfolio of stuff that I've done in the past and stuff that I've done with, you know, the firm I'm working at now. And, you know, he's like, you know, you actually do have like a Cormac style, you know, you can tell that this is a project that you did. So there is a stream of yeah, things. You've got that... your kid aparts. Right? <laughs> I've got my kid aparts, just like he's got his kid aparts, um, you know, in, and so does, you know, everybody else, you know, in one way or the other. I mean, we don't necessarily reinvent the wheel every time we approach a different project, even though a different project does have, um, you know, different constraints and stuff. We're not going to say, you know, I'm going to reinvent everything. Look at this. Now it's this and it's upside down and, you know, you, you have to repel, you know, you have to climb up there to get to the front door, you know. <laughs> well, to me, it's like a, it's like a band. I mean, good bands that are recognizable have a sound. Right. I'm, right. And and it's not any different than that to me. I mean, yes, when you're in school, you get to explore all kinds of different design ideas and construction methods because there's never a budget and there's never a client and there's never this or that. But when you're Frank Gehry, people, like he says, people come to him for a certain thing. Right. And if, if that's what he's set up to do and that's what his people are paying for, his, his clients are paying for, it's it's like look at Richard Meyer's work, look at Kyla Travis' work. I mean, I you can exactly. say the exact same thing. You can go down the list of what we've dubbed as the Starkitect, and you can literally say that this is a Zaha, this is a this, this is a that, because they do have a distinct style. Um, and you know, so whether you like his stuff or not, you've got to respect the, you know, the approach that he, you know took with this particular response to to this guy's showy architecture it's just like you don't know what you're talking about you're just saying that okay just because i do something different now my stuff is is crap versus the 98 percent, or no i contend that it's different you know kind of thing so you know well, I guess <laughs> that's why I, I guess say one... that I've, I've had so many different, you know, thoughts on all of this. And, you know, it's like, oh, I could take it this way. Oh, I could take it that way. And that was, I think, the point of what he was trying to say is I want you to think about why I would say something like that. Is it you? You know, is it you? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think it's interesting, you know, how, like, if you look back at his other projects and, and you do see some similarities, but you look at what the Guggenheim and Bilbao has done to that region, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he even quoted it, or yeah, somebody did. I, I guess it was him in in the Dazine article. He says, remember that in Bilbao, people got their degree at the university and then they left. No one wanted to live there. It was a sad city. Steel industry was in decline. The port had no reason to exist. Everyone lost their jobs. Uh, you know, and and you look at that project, and it is revered as as his seminal work, right? I mean, it's it's done so much; it's it, it is so iconic that yeah. when when you can kind of bring you know, and I'm totally speaking out of ignorance here, so please, if you, if you have a problem with this, just email Neil. But um, <laughs> I, you know, it 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 is transformative it can be very transformative and i think maybe that's probably what a lot of people have a problem with when they see a reaction like this this flippancy that that he <laughs> flipping flipping the flippancy um is is that his he has the opportunity to to do so much right whereas a lot of t the projects that we work on um can't have that big of an impact 
And so and so for him to kind of know that and then to be just called out as as it being showy, right, which is kind of like the ultimate insult to something that you've put so many years and so much effort and so many people have done that. Um, I mean, he's really oh, yeah. protecting his entire team, the entire construction team, the client, everybody, when he's saying, you know what, this is not nothing, right? And so I say, you know, more power to him. It, there is way more to this than just a surface treatment, uh, you know, flip of a page in a magazine kind of a thing, you know, where people are just swiping through this stuff and they see this and they think, oh, there's crap, crap, crap. Uh, it really is way more than that. And everybody who works in architecture knows how hard it is and how much work it actually is. And if somebody called your your work, you know, uh, just a, a showy piece, I mean, I, you'd probably take offense to it as well. Well, you know, I mean, we've talked about in the past um, the constraints that we've got to live by. Um, programs, budgets, you know, all of the above and everything else. And, you know... Sometimes we take offense to, and and I'm going to speak, you know, to a lot, you know, basically all of these comments that, you know, all these different um, articles and everybody else. It's like, you know, oh, he's just this and he's just, you know, um, where a lot of it is just out of pure, I don't want to say pure jealousy, but, you know, more pure envy that, well, of course you could do this, you know, because you've got a budget that's 10 times what I have. You've got a client that doesn't care what you do. You can just do whatever you want. Whereas I've got all these constraints and everything else. And, you know, then when you get to the point where you say, well, the budget you have isn't enough to accomplish my vision. I want more money, you know, you know, they, they have a point, you know, that, he's able to go well beyond any of the constraints that we typically um, have. I mean, you know, you know, you and I doing schools, I mean, we've got the tightest of budgets that you could possibly imagine. And they want literally every square footage of that accounted for dollar wise to make sure that you're not getting too extravagant in what they want because they a lot of times the client feels like the extravagance is costing you know um a classroom or you know well because you did that now i can't have this or something like that so you know we do have to work within constraints and you know <laughs> we get pretty envious of, of projects like this um yeah. you know because uh, i would love to do stuff like that you i know? was just gonna ask you guys the question are we jealous? Are are we jealous of of what Frank can do? Because, quite honestly, I feel that if uh, if I had clients or you guys had clients that would let you do something like this on on a school, um, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, that's one of the things we oftentimes talk about on this show is all of the we did an entire episode on constraints and and budget and you know. Uh, just buildability of a lot of these things are oftentimes the constraints that we have to deal with. And, you know, Hey, Frank has risen to a level in, in the profession where people will come to him to do crazy shit and more power to him. Like you said, Evan, if he's able to do that, it may not, we may not all like it. We may think it's showy, but to him it's, it means something to him. And I think your comment about his reaction just being very kind of like, hey, damn it, I work really hard on this stuff to make this happen, to make it interesting for me. To, and that's what drives him to do what he does every day. Um, I'm, it, I'm, he's a, I'm he totally took offense jealous. to what <laughs> what this guy said. But I'm, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, I want to. I want to work on projects that change the world. And I think that that's what he has the opportunity to do. Now, is he doing it? I don't know. I don't follow him that closely, but there are he's people doing out it there the who way, are. He's doing it the way he wants to, or the sure, way he right. thinks it'll change the world. So, yeah. well, uh, you know, who are we to say he's wrong? Yeah, right. And And I work on projects where it seems like 
I get told to make it look less or make it function less because if we make it look like we're spending too much money here, people are going <laughs> to think that we're not being yes. frugal with our money. I right. mean, this is, I live in such a different world than, I, than this. I was told when we were doing a project that, I mean, because we were, you know, we had some, you know, nice canopies and in, in, in the way that, you know, the, the whole building flowed and, and everything else. I mean, I was quite proud of, of what the team put together, um, as part of, you know, a, a really nice design and, the client came back and said, this is too nice for this area. They're going to think that you spent, wasted all of their money on making a building look pretty instead of giving them what they need. Now, whether you do or not, right? It doesn't. Exactly. It was the perception because we gave them exact, not only did we give them everything that the, um, that was required, spec was required. Right. we actually gave them more we gave them opportunities for breakout spaces and and different functions and everything else um that you could do with you know standard spaces we made them more than you know the standard we gave them a lot more you know a lot of opportunities to do things and um <laughs> and we had to basically you know Cut rip our own soul out yeah. by watering it down I yeah. know in, in it in or when hurt. you get a request by somebody who's in the maintenance department to do something <laughs> because it's easier to maintain yeah and i mean this we talk about this in the office all the time it's like but you realize that you get paid to maintain stuff right right, <laughs> right. oh you know i mean it, you know it's 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 sad especially you know in public schools that literally almost all of our projects are driven by maintenance yeah and it's it's not you know because we know that they're going to get out there and do do the maintenance, it's nine times out of ten, it's going to slip on the maintenance. And so you need it to last a lot longer or you need a longer warranty um, so that if we forget to do all the maintenance, somebody else can come out and fix it for us or replace yeah. it or whatever. Um you know, so, yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, of, of envy and jealousy in, you know, the... Uh, his opportunity to do projects that that we otherwise aren't able to do but you know stylistic opinion aside i think a lot of people are very disingenuous when they're attacking you know personally attacking him for his style just because well that's not what i would do you know and then they would just rip him because of what he does you know i i they're completely forgetting the time, the effort, you know, the whole process that they go through, he's got to go through it too. He's got to do all of this stuff. You know, he's not doing everything in a bubble. You know, he, they may give him autonomy on the style of what he's going to produce, but he's still got to sit down with them and work out program, work out spaces, work out adjacencies, work out this, that, and the other, you know, everything, you know, and he's got to go through the same process as we do. So to like, just basically say, Oh, you know, he's just this, you know, arrogant prick that just does this and that and the other it's, you're just being disingenuous and completely forgetting that you go through the same thing he does, you know, well, and go ahead. Well, I, I was going to just toss in. I think one of the, the best things that's come out of the, well, maybe not the best. And one of the funny things that has come out of all of this is people are having some fun with it. And we're going to have some <laughs> yeah. links in the show notes. So make sure you sign up for those uh, show notes at arcuspeakpodcast.com. Uh, on the right-hand side of just about every page on the site, you can sign up to get the show notes. And uh, we're, we'll, we'll have some of them in there. But, I mean, people are already doing, there's this uh, site uh, where you can buy a Geary's uh, pop art uh, T-shirt uh, with him flipping the bird kind of um, in the um, Andy oh, Warhol style. The Andy Warhol. Geez, I forgot it again. Um, <laughs> yes, the Andy Warhol style. Um, there's another site uh, actually on The Onion. Uh, there's a There's a... Uh, an image of a sandwich and it's uh, the title is Frank Geary no longer allowed to make sandwiches for grandkids. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty wild looking sandwich, kind of like his architecture, <laughs> uh, which I think is just, just brilliant. 
And then um, there's another site, a Tumblr site, which actually I just tried uh, as we're recording here, and it is no longer up. So um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's uh, temporarily down. We'll, we'll have the uh, link in, but I'm not sure if it, excuse me, if it'll still work. But there's an Arc Daily um, article that also references that, and they include some of the images of other famous architects supporting uh, Frank Gary on uh, flipping the bird. <laughs> and so it's, it's a lot of fun to go through and see some other famous architects doing the same thing and uh, supporting Frank. Yeah, Gary. that was awesome. <laughs> so, and you know, this is the good and the bad of the internet, right? I mean, number yeah. one, you, the, the, you know, you don't feed the trolls in the comments, right? Because there's a lot of people who just anonymously, you know, it's like, it's like road rage, right? They just post a bunch of crap and then are trying to trying to get a rise out of somebody and then you get you get this other fun stuff like the the tumbler and the t-shirts and and the people trying to make some make light of the situation and um you know make it make it fun um you know as far as i'm concerned you know this guy's he's 85 years old and we need more buildings like this i don't i'm not saying we need exact copies or anything but but the world needs more architecture that people talk about and that they experience and that makes them look up, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing I always think of when I go down to the Walt Disney Concert Hall in downtown LA. That is one building that makes me look up, and there aren't too many buildings that do that to me. Yeah. Well, you, you know, Cormac, you said earlier that uh, some of the reaction on the internet has been, um, or in the architecture circles has been, he's done this this huge disservice or uh, to to the world of arch or to to the rest of us, right? The other ninety eight percent of us, um, you know, maybe he's actually done some good here. In that, what are we all doing? We're all talking about it. We're, I mean, this is hitting Gizmodo and uh, uh, you know other sites that are not just architectural right. related or, or specific sites. So, I mean, I mean, it's made he has work. raised the awareness of architecture in general whether you agree with what he did or you know maybe it was just kind of a off comment that you know hey we're all living under cameras now so uh there's the, the you know the video the, the pictures and um and so boom there it is but you know we're all talking about it now exactly. we're doing a whole show on it so uh, it's maybe it's helping to raise that awareness so evan we can get more buildings that we can you know, look up to that'll make well, us look up, you know, maybe the 98% um, that feels, you know, pissed off or slighted by his comments or whatever. Now that they're talking, you know, we're now having a good earnest architectural conversation about style, about approachability, about all of these different things. And you know what? It's good to have the conversation. I think all of these commenters should go back and listen to our last episode on critique so that they can realize what <laughs> could make the architecture better. If you've got a problem with it, come up with an idea to make it better. Exactly. Yeah, actually, people should check out the comments to uh, episode 45 as well. I mean, we had some really good comments in there. Just throwing that out there. Let's take a minute out of the show to thank our first sponsor ever, who is Wall Protects. And Wall Protects is somebody that we think that our architectural listeners are going to be interested in hearing about. So here's what they are all about. At Wall Protects, we are committed to providing innovative wall protection solutions for all of your commercial projects. We've got a team of dedicated in-house engineers and manufacturers, not to mention over 70 customizable colors and styles to make your visions a reality. Visit www wallprotex that's w-a-l-l-p-r-o-t-e-x dot com and we hope all of our listeners go over there to check it out thanks wallprotex for sponsoring our show but i mean i i i feel extremely encouraged and in fact actually it was one of you know my own personal uh facebook pages like you know most um most conversed topics was and they were some really good heartfelt comments talking about their own opinion about where it was going and what it was doing and stuff and in in a way i was sort of playing a little dev, devil's advocate you know just trying to get a rise out of people on on some opinion that i had just to see what other people would you know would um come up with you know and i i just thought it was great that 
the conversation was being had regardless of what side of the fence that you stood on because you know i've i've gone in and i've read some you know residential architecture comments about it i've read um you know traditional and classical architectures thoughts on you know his opinions and you know interestingly enough as much as you would assume they would be largely negative on you know things i'm sure there was the pot you know the occasional pot shot at his style but most of them were actually even in more traditional architectural circles people were very appreciative of the conversation and well to me the goal is the conversation exactly it is not to win the argument exactly you're not going to change anyone's mind and, and nor should we. What we should be doing is just having the conversation. Again, as as we say a lot on this show, what is the end result? Better architecture, right? Yep. That's what we're all shooting for is better architecture. So have the conversation. You know, talk about it. You may you may think that you know uh, Gary's work stinks. You may absolutely love it. But you know what? Talk about it. Talk about what makes it good. What makes it bad. You know, have the earnest conversation, not just this visceral, uh, you know, let's light some torches and burn it all down kind of thing, but have real conversations about what's good, bad, or indifferent and do it in your work. Make it better. Yeah, reach out. I mean, and to me, that was kind of one of the hopeful side effects that I had with the last one is it, especially if you are practicing on your own and you make all the decisions and you don't ask anybody else um, to, to look over your shoulder and, hey, what do you think? Get another set of eyeballs on it. You know, I, I'm hoping that it would spur some desire to do that, to reach out and do that. You know, I, I, I see it even in larger offices where people tend to become the lone ranger and they never come out of the cube that they're sitting in all day. And, uh, and, and I, I hope that people are inspired to reach out and have these conversations. You know, get up from your desk, walk around, what are you working on? Tell me about it, you know? Or, hey, come over here and look at this. What do you think about this? It's the same thing that we're talking about right now. It's, uh, hey, what did you think about that crazy-ass article on the Internet? You know, it's it's the conversation is the goal. I think uh, the more we can yeah. share thoughts and absolutely. ideas, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So what do we think about Gary's work over time? Is it going to age well? Are we going to look at this and some of his projects 50 years from now? Well, we probably won't, but I mean, are people Speak going for to... yourself, have... old man. Yeah. I... <laughs> Damn it. I walked right into that one. Yeah, you did. Enjoy, everyone. Um, <laughs> are we going to look at this work 50 years from now, 100 years from now, if it's you know still there? And, Absolutely. And, you know, right. We should all have that goal. I mean, architecture is something that needs to stand the test of time. But I guess that's the and question. As designers, we have to ask ourselves: we we are responsible for what we put out in the world, and we do have to ask ourselves if it deserves to exist. And I feel like projects like his deserve to exist. I mean, they inspire other architects and other people to want more architecture like that. It's probably done a lot more good than it has done bad. And I do think that they will be around. I mean, these materials are things that don't just rot, you know. They're not like the wood buildings that we do. These are titanium and steel and glass. And and I bet you that their maintenance department takes a lot better care of these buildings than, than my clients do. Fair enough. I, yeah, I, don't, I was going to get off on a tangent, you know, talking about maintenance and, you know, the... No the, one wants to hear about that. The life cycle costing and all of that. Oh, other come stuff on. Don't really be don't bringing us down now. Come on. We're having fun poking the bear But here. I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's take a, a different route. I mean, you know, we've learned about, you know, through our architectural education and our own personal education and stuff, we've learned about so many other buildings throughout history that basically have been the exact same thing as what, you know, Frank is doing. You know, we, I mean, hell, the Parthenon, when they probably, you know, the Romans looked at that, they were like, what the, you know, Pantheon, sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone. I meant Pantheon, honestly, and it just it, it is in, out. In Cormac's defense, 
it is late where he's at recording is, right now. So. It is very late. And I was in a marathon meeting all day long, and I got into the office extremely early. Hey, Cormac, so, can, you, can, you see, can you see old. this? This is the world's smallest violin here. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, could you just imagine what they were thinking about um, when, you know, they come run ups. Hey, you know, check out this design in there. What is that crap? Concrete? What? This? No, 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 we don't want that. You know, and now it's one of our most revered buildings that every architect's got some kind of bucket list that they've got to go and see that building and experience that building and watch the, you know, the sun move across the, you know, the ceiling through the Oculus and just, you know, I, I know it's on mine. Um, Been and, there, done that. Exactly. So, you know, I mean. You could what, die now. I could die now. Thank you. Please Goodbye. do. I'm off. Seriously. Um, but I mean, you know, just there are so many buildings throughout history that have, you know, created this same similar visceral reaction. I mean, you know, what, what do you think Corbu, you know, the wrath that, you know, Corbu felt with from the rest of the world? And did he really care? No. He wanted to do think, his yeah. work. I think that's really what this comes down to is that. And I think it, it does take that mentality to do, uh, you know, kind of iconic work is you just can't care what other people think. And that's exactly what he did when he gave us the iconic digit. And right? what, yeah, and, and what was every, what was the result of every one of the buildings, whether I stated it right or wrong, but I mean, what was, the, what was the, what was the outcome of all of those different buildings? They were game changers. They stepped up the quality of work and then everybody else said, Hey, I want to do that. And then pushed and pushed and pushed, you know, maybe they got into a lull and, you know, everything started looking the same, but they pushed it further. And then it waited for the next person to come along and say, well, this is what we need to do, you know, and, you know, and then we started having the renaissance. Then we started pushing it this way and that way, you know, and, and so that's what we're doing is we're constantly using these iconic buildings um, as game changers to advanced architecture. Yeah, that's why I say we need more of this stuff, not less. Yeah. Stop complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> have we beat this to death? I think so. I believe we just might have. I think so. Well, then with that, we should sign off. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember to go out and leave us a review on iTunes. And if you do have a comment that you don't want to type, you really just want to get it off your chest and tell us, call ArcaSpeak. The number is 415 415- Four eight four eight four nine six. Well, feel free to call anytime. Try and wake me up in the middle of the night because it comes to my phone. And uh, you know, we look forward to hearing your comments. Or if you want to go ahead, leave the uh, comments in the comment section. We'd appreciate it. And let's continue this conversation. What do you think of Frank's single-digit salute? Let us know. Yeah, and thanks again to Wall Protects for sponsoring. And uh, if you're interested, you know, maybe you've got a product or a service that you'd want to get in front of the ArcaSpeak audience, the, the best looking audience on the Internet, uh, head over to ArcaSpeakPodcast.com slash sponsorship and you can uh, send us some information and we'll get in touch. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Good night. Good night, guys. Yeah.